Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. I was talking once with a surgeon about health literacy, and he said, we're burned by tell them what they need to know and hope they heard. It's the cultural legacy. I appreciated his candor, and he went on to make the point that he was convinced he and his colleagues could be doing better in the health literacy realm. Over the last decade, health literacy is being considered as more of a process than something that individuals have or don't have. A process that includes, among other things, interactions people have. Seeing health literacy as an interaction opens the door to some new possibilities for research and everyday practice. And that's what today's episode is about. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. You may have heard our big announcement. Over the years, as I've been talking with health professionals about communication, I've been asked more than once, do you have an app? Now the answer is yes. Health Communication Partners has an app. It lets you practice any strategic communication right in your phone communication support that goes along with you. I'm excited to share this with you, so hit me up on Twitter or LinkedIn, or just visit healthcommunicationpartners.com and click on the banner. Now, looking at health literacy as an interaction, or set of interactions, allows us more options for working with it. Options we don't have if we see health literacy only as some trait that individuals have or don't have in adequate amounts. When health literacy is seen as an interaction, there's abundant opportunities to have an impact. But what's interacting with what? As some literacy literature and education folks like myself like to say, interactions happen between and among people, texts, and contexts. Now, today's episode is called Health Literacy as Interaction Part 2. In Part 1, I talked about another kind of interaction, the interaction between us and the texts we read. Links in the show notes. But this time, I'm going to talk about social interactions, people interacting with people as part of health literacy. Now, it's not hard to imagine person-to-person conversations as a social interaction. You might know there's a whole research history of the analysis of the meanings, values, and effects of the conversations between providers and patients. I thought I'd focus instead on the health literacy interactions between and among patients and people outside the clinical context, like patients and their friends, family, colleagues, and social networks, whether in person or the digital kind. And then I'll show you why this matters in everyday practice, in the clinical context, and what you can do. So it's not surprising that patients' interactions with people in the healthcare system can present various challenges, but this gives us some insight into how health literacy is an interaction that extends outside of the healthcare system. One health literacy study describes the experiences of two patients who spoke English as an additional language. Quote, Elizabeth revealed how, because of her level of English, she was unable to assert herself to get a dentist's appointment over the phone. End quote. And another, 
Quote, Navid, who had to attend the outpatient department of his hospital, explained how, in the big hospital, there was no time for people to explain things to him in detail, end quote. Of course, links in the show notes. It's unsurprising that social networks matter, because when confronted with complex health-related experiences, like the two I just mentioned, patients, even those with literacy difficulties, draw on friends and family to understand their situation and to navigate the healthcare system. There's increasing agreement that family and larger social groups are part of what makes up someone's health literacy. That same study found that health literacy is shared knowledge and understanding. It resides in the family, the neighborhood, and the social network of a patient. An individual's health literacy could thus be seen as the sum of what she knows and is able to do on her own, and what she is able to achieve with the support from friends, family, and other significant people in her environment. And that's from Pappen and Walter's study. The same is true when it comes to health literacy in digital environments. One study about patient portals, health literacy, and adults with diabetes found, quote, participants reported family members facilitated access and usage of health information technology, taught them usage skills, and acted as online delegates, end quote. Teachers and classmates count as significant people in one's social network, too. A 2014 study on health literacy interventions invited adult students in ESL classes to role-play interactions with doctors, family, and friends about type 2 diabetes risk. They also shared with classmates their personal views about risk and identified sources of reliable health information in their lives. This study, quote, underscores the powerful and active role that adult ESL teachers can play in the development of new health literacy skills in immigrant communities. But in addition to the teachers, the researchers found that, quote, the social practices of preventive health knowledge sharing and diffusion, which occurred initially in the classroom, often can extend to contexts outside of school, in the home, and community, end quote. Now, it's possible none of these research findings comes as a surprise to you. At some level, it's as if we know that we learn in interactions with other people. So what does this mean for your everyday interactions with patients of all literacy levels? Here's two things you can do. First of all, find out who your patient talks to most frequently and or who in this person's life they turn to when they need help with a complex language task. Encourage this person's involvement. Here's the second thing you can do. Make sure there is something your patient can take home or access at home and share with others, like that person, right? Continue to do your best to provide information in multiple modes. Now, health literacy as an interaction is especially good news because it reminds you that the pressure is off you to somehow do it all in your time with the patient. Yes, you will teach and some learning will happen when you and your patient interact. Yet after your visit, some learning will happen 
as your patient interacts with the material you share. And yet more learning will happen as your patient interacts with his or her various social groups. The learning continues when patients leave you, and that's a good thing. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Thanks for listening to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication from Health Communication Partners, LLC. Find us at healthcommunicationpartners.com.